Launched as a prototype on November 30th, 2022, ChatGBT is an AI software known for its ability to answer and think humanly. The system's capability to write essays and solutions for students proves dystopian. As technology advances, the critical thinking from English and history classes almost seem obsolete. In this episode of The Sword, hosts Anjali Nayak, Lily Bourne, and Alex Gerchik interview Westmont staff regarding their thoughts on the ever-evolving ChatGPT. So our first interview is going to be with Mrs. Leo, and I teach AP Lang here at Westmont High School for the last 12 years, and I'm also the EL TOSA coordinator. So with what you've seen with ChatGPT, do you think that it can be used for good in the classroom rather than just like an easy way out for students? It could be used. <laughs> it could be used for good go if it was um, if it's used ethically, mm-hmm. ethically, mm-hmm. and um, but unfortunately, a lot of times students will just use it for evil, so to speak, and they will just. Um, want to take the easy way out. I've already caught multiple students using it. Even when I tell them, do not use ChatGPT, mm-hmm. I'm going to check. They do it anyways. I don't know if they just don't believe me. Uh-huh. Um, and I've caught a few and unfortunately they didn't um, end up passing the class um, because of it. Wow. So. Um, yeah, but it does have its benefits and it can be used to help students who, one, have um, trouble communicating in English. Uh-huh. Um, they could use it to help translate or to help understand some of the work going on. Right. And it also helps teachers with lesson plans and it can also help students with research as long as they take what it says um, or does at a cost, Mm -hmm. you know, um, in terms of just use like a percentage of it Mm -hmm. and then use their own words for it. See, because I feel like with research, um, I don't think people understand that ChatGPT also just makes information so much more accessible. And like, I like learning about small random topics and like small niche things. And I feel like that ChatGPT honestly just makes things easier for me to find information. Um, it's kind of funny because like before you'd have to go to a library to then flip through a book to find like a small paragraph. And then it went to just typing in a word into Google to f- read an article. And now it's like type this specific question into a, like AI that will answer the question for you. Yeah. So. Like, it just makes information so much more accessible, and um, that can be used so much for good, I guess, instead of evil. Yeah, and it can definitely be used for good. Again, as long as it's being done in an ethical fashion, Mm -hmm. but it's when we try and take the um, easy way out. Like, for example, Taylor Swift, right? (laughs) If she plugs in Uh to ChatGPT, write me a song in Taylor Swift's style... Uh-huh. And it does it because it would, uh-huh. and she uses it, and it becomes a hit. Yeah, is it hers or is it Chat GPT's? So that's what you have to really look at because it will do it mm-hmm. if you ask it to. It'll plug in a song um, with her um, in her genre because uh-huh. uh, we've done it for different rap songs and mm-hmm. everything like that. So, yeah. 
if again if you use it if she uses just like parts of it or she's stuck with a verse and it comes up with a verse but a lot of it's hers Mm -hmm. then she definitely can claim that it's her own you know unique writing and um it's kind of interesting going back to like the evil part of it of how students could use it is this even like the correct way to be essay writing like this super robotic straightforward and concise sentence patterns is this even like the way that we should be writing no for sure not and that's why it's easy to tell Uh if you're looking for it there are going to be some teachers who they quickly glance through and the student may not get caught However, there are chat GPT detectors now right. uh, that are pretty good. You just plug, you just put it into the mm-hmm. system and it'll tell you whether it's um, human generated or computer generated mm-hmm. uh, with it. But a lot of times you can tell because chat GPT just has a certain algorithm that they use. They really don't like necessarily go into depth Mm -hmm. Um, or you can't say something along the lines like summarize chapter four of uh, Trevor Noah because again it may not have that book available but it could like summarize you know if you said summarize um, Trevor Noah's childhood it's taking from the internet what people have already inputted so it could do it but it's still following a basic algorithm so with all this in mind, how should school districts like address ChatGPT? Should they ban it on Chromebooks or should they kind of uh, address it but say, you can use it, but this is how you use it ethically. This is how you're supposed to use it. Yeah, well, that's a great question. And I do not think we should be banning it mm-hmm. at all because when it's out there yeah. and teachers and teachers and students both need to learn how to use it. When I did the presentations Mm -hmm. with the teachers, I gave it to about 200 teachers and then another 45 teachers. Some were telling me, oh, well, it can't solve math problems. I'm Mm -hmm. not quite sure why I'm here. And it did. We plugged (laughs) in some math problems. Uh It actually even passed the bar exam, the chat GPT. Um, for it. So I think we need to make sure that one, teachers need to let students know I'm aware of this program out there. Mm -hmm. Students need to be aware that teachers know it's out there and we need to use it like I said ethically in the classroom and support our education not Mm -hmm. become our education. Oh I really like that. Yeah because it could be um, just like there was a fear when Wikipedia came out that uh-huh. that would change everything, um, and it didn't. Uh-huh. And we, you know, progressed on. But this is a whole new level than um, Wikipedia, and so we do need to be really careful with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was honestly, I was just playing around with ChatGPT yesterday, and honestly, I was kind of um, like underwhelmed, <laughs> if anything, because. Like what I said before, it can just really synthesize and like pre-existing information. It can't really come up with anything new by itself. So how exactly like can you kind of draw out a scenario in which ChatGPT would be used ethically to like write an essay? Sure. So for example, if um, we have limited resources here with the library closed a lot of the time right. because of testing and a lot of people. We don't have the library fully funded, Mm -hmm. but I could go on and I could 
ask GPT about, um, help me understand the dynamics or help me understand whether college is um, useful or um, not, mm -hmm. right? And then it could give me a list of sources and ideas that I never thought about. Mm -hmm. And then I could take those ideas and then say, okay, I kind of want to, this is interesting where it says that most people end up in um, over 250,000 in debt. I actually want to research this a little bit more. Is it true? Um, where can I find more data about this mm -hmm. uh, for it? So it could be used there. And then sometimes we've already used it with some of our EL students who are having problems with math and will say, explain this in, explain how to solve this in Spanish to um, someone who is in eighth seventh or eighth grade whatever mm -hmm. grade they're in and it'll come up and it'll um, simplify things for them I see so that'll be good and then also you could have chat GPT kind of work with um, put in your essay and you can ask it to help you mm -hmm. like um, find the spelling errors what should you work on mm -hmm. uh, what can you do to improve the paper Mm -hmm. And it will give you some responses or ideas. More on responses, like, and kind of evaluating essays. Do you think that, like, an AP Lang rubric could be fed through ChatGPT and it could just grade essays? Yeah, we already actually did that in oh, my wow. AP Lang group. When this first came out, uh -huh. we were... We're doing all kinds of things with it. Uh -huh. But yeah, we did run some essays through and there were some things it could it could get like a one two on the essay yes um but then once we fed it more information and then we asked it to look over the rubric it actually did a pretty good job uh -huh. scoring it wow so it just has, it takes a lot of input at the beginning mm -hmm. to do before you kind of you know can trust it right um if it's accurate or not Wow, so that would get so efficient. Like that would, like I could get my score back on the AP Lang exam like two weeks after. Yeah, if the they used it, used but it. hopefully they won't and we'll <laughs> still have humans doing it yeah. um, or I'll be out of a job for that. Oh. Um, but no, but hopefully, hopefully um, we won't have a computer looking at it. Cause again, I think again, like you said, mm -hmm. it's missing the human aspect of right. it. And when I read, and most of my reader colleagues, yeah. we look for what the students do well, uh -huh. and we really root for the student, and we want to give them the points. Right. This is just a non-feeling entity that's going to just grade it as is, mm -hmm. with no feelings attached to it. Yeah. And so, hopefully, right. that's what will continue to be missing like in that where the human will take over and grade with a little bit more empathy. Mm -hmm. Like I remember that one Coach Hall video where she was talking about how this one student wrote about basketball and like a certain basketball player and you could just feel the passion like in their writing. A computer's not going to be able to catch on to something like that. Right. I wonder, wow, I wonder what essays a computer would give the sophistication point to. Because to me, like if I were to grade an essay, if I can sense that a student is passionate about 
the topic and whatever they're writing about, like that would automatically, I would automatically give it the sophistication point. Yeah, and it it depends. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think a computer could do that. Right. Yeah. So. And like my mom was like freaking out about ChatGPT beforehand, like before we really got to playing with it. She's like, they're gonna start writing books now and stuff like that. And when I was talking to my mom just about this topic and I was trying to come up with ideas, I thought about um, when we listened to chapter six yesterday of The Great Gatsby, uh, he said, I wrote it down. There's this, when Daisy comes into Gatsby's house and he says that everything that she looked at, he reevaluated based on how happy whatever object in his house, it made her like, however happy an object made her that was like the new worth that he placed on that object and like i feel like that's a feeling that everyone can relate to and everyone has felt before and that was the first time that i'd seen it like articulated so well and that's such a large part of writing is being able to articulate human feelings and emotions and that's something that a computer just will never be able to do yeah i don't think so and um I don't think it'll be able to capture that element uh-huh. at all. Um, I mean, it would take a long, long time for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's definitely. that's like I don't even want to think about that. When a human can like fall in not a not a human, a robot can like fall in love. Like that's that's when I'm out. That's when that's when I say we concede. Okay, the revolution's begun. Yeah, yeah, because then um, the thing that worries me, though, a little bit of ChatGPT is <clears throat> it is um, Am- Amazon, uh, Google, yeah. they're using it more and more, so they're kind of cutting jobs. Uh-huh. And again, it's like, should we be letting it have like that much power? I mean, even just the computers of now Target wants to go all to self-checkout. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's, we're missing so much of the human interaction Mm -hmm. with a lot of things. And it's just one more face being taken away from us. Wow. And one more computer being put Uh into our possession, in a sense. Yeah. And I think it's dehumanizing us more and more. I mean, my mom was telling me about how there's this Amazon store where, like, it's completely run by robots. You, you can put anything into a cart and then it will like automatically scan it inside of the cart. And that's just, it's like dystopian. Like this is something, this is like what Orwell was warning us about or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how this changes in time. And just speaking more with literacy, like um, do you think that this will kind of make students lose motivation to learn how to write or to learn how to read and things like that, I guess? No, um, I think students who want to learn will learn, uh-huh. and students who don't will always find a way around <laughs> learning find or, a way out. or take the easy way out, unfortunately. Uh-huh. And it won't be probably till years later that they look back and kind of regret what wow. they did or what you know path they chose to take, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And what's so scary about ChatGBT mm-hmm. is that it is just so accessible like I feel I think that um, I was reading an article about it and AI like ChatGPT has existed for a long time now it's just that anyone can access it now like it's just such a quick Google search and I have 
literally like all of the information in the world at my fingertips. Right. It took Facebook 10 months to get 1 million users. Uh It took ChatGPT five days. Wow. And so that's huge. That is huge. And and that was just right when it came out. Imagine all the people now, like even the teachers, you know, who I brought together. That was February 1st. I did the presentation with Mm -hmm. ChatGPT. Half of them didn't even know what it was. Wow. And so now we're, what, six weeks from that, basically, and mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a million more. What were, what were the teachers' reactions? Like, what was the, what was the mood? Um, I think a lot of teachers were a little put off by it, basically going back to, okay, well, we're just going to do everything pen to paper. Wow. But is that <laughs> realistic? Can we yeah. really do that? I don't think so, especially when College Board is pushing for all of their tests mm-hmm. to be digital. Yeah. So I I don't think that's the answer. So it goes back to ethics and how can we use this ethically. And there are some school districts that are shutting it down. But mm-hmm. again, if you shut it down on my computer, I'm going to do a workaround and go home and do it. I mean, so. at the end of the day, school is to prepare students for the future. And this is our future. So... Yeah embrace it (laughs) yeah we have to yeah and that's one of the things i said um you can't run from it Mm -hmm. it's here so let's figure out how to work with it than against it wow thank you so much for talking yes thank you that was fun (laughs) yes all right so for our next interviewee we have uh our wonderful a push teacher mr mox would you like to introduce yourself and what you really teach of course hello i'm mr mock um i traditionally teach ap us history for juniors and a lot of times i teach senior gov and econ taught ethnic studies taught just about everything but psychology and ap world have done this all right yeah. perfect so our episode is on chat gbt and since especially um in your classes like like u.s history you have to write a lot of essays um based on the context clues that you're given or facts that you know so we want to really get your insight on what that would mean for your classroom so the first question is can chat gbt be uh, chat can chat gbt be used for good in the classroom yeah, I think it absolutely can be used for good. I think it's a tool. Um, I think it's a tool that has limitations and biases built in. But I mean, I think it's a tool, as I think there are like many tools that can help students. I think what people are really forgetting about ChatGPT is that it's a great way to just find information. Like mm-hmm. it makes information so much more accessible. And I feel like that this is just kind of the honestly the natural progression of things. It goes from like first running to a library and flipping through a book to find a specific piece of information now searching it into Google and then having to read an entire article. And now I can learn just about anything by asking a robot a question. So um, I agree, like as a tool, I think it'd be great for research, which people are constantly forgetting, I think. I would add though, I think it is somewhat like Wikipedia and right. that it's like a good starting point, mm-hmm. but it, is a predictive text so it's essentially taking what it gets off of the internet and, mm-hmm. and t- saying what it thinks should be the next word mm-hmm. and so that's one one thing that like we need to be careful of is that mm-hmm. it doesn't replace actual research and mm-hmm. that it actually can make errors mm-hmm. and for instance it is fed also sometimes stuff that's in the internet that's not the best representation of us and so 
Um, I think it's like Wikipedia where it can be a fantastic like mm -hmm. starting point, but you also need to be aware of its limitations and the potential like issues that it has too. Right, mm -hmm. because as a student in your class, like I know something that we focus a lot on is sourcing and assigning credibility and understanding like how credible and how good a source actually is. Mm -hmm. ChatGPT takes a New York Times like article in a Reddit post at the yeah. same like yes. to the same credibility. Yeah, so that is definitely one of the big things that people need to be aware of. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't have value, mm -hmm. right. but it definitely does have limitations that you have to, I think, be cognizant of. And uh, when you're using it, be aware of that. And then again, I think when you're doing in-depth research and stuff, like it is not going to be the place that you're going to go. Um, yeah. All right. So definitely could be a tool for helping you like start your research, but not shouldn't be used as your sole use of information. But other than research, do you see any like use of it being a tool for um, something in your classroom or f for learning history in any other way other than research? Um, I mean, I think it can. I mean, in real time, like produce samples of writing mm -hmm. for you to look at, mm -hmm. um, to maybe even add to. Um, again, I can I can see value in that. Like, it gives you a starting point in your writing as well at times. Um, I know, literally, right now in our class, we're making a video, and I was telling the students there, like, the deep fakes, like you can use AI <laughs> yeah. like yeah. voices and stuff like that, which is cool and kind of exciting in a way too. There are the uh, there are issues with that as well, but like in the classroom, I think that's kind of some exciting stuff that you can yeah. do with it too. That, I mean, I showed them all a sample from a couple of years ago, and the mm -hmm. the AI voice was awful, it's mm -hmm. terrible. And now, like here we are, a couple yeah. years later, and there's like so much stuff that you can do with it. And I think also as a teacher, you really emphasize like technological literacy. It, mm -hmm. What's the I, there's a specific term for it, but like we make websites and mm -hmm. we. Uh, we're supposed to know how to like use Google Drawings and Canva and all of these important digital tools. Do you think that ChatGPT is gonna be in there somewhere at some point? Yeah, no, I think I think it is. Um, I think it's still new, and so I think I'm still trying to like make sure I fully kind of understand right. it before I am like <laughs> incorporating it. Um, and and to be honest, like I do I do have concerns about the information that it's getting fed because it can kind of like perpetuate biases that are already right. essentially like the information that's feeding it. Mm -hmm. It's just going to recreate essentially what it's being fed. Mm -hmm. um, and I know another thing like we talk about in my class is trying to make sure that like we're getting alternative perspectives and things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and the reality is like the information that it's getting fed does largely represent like the traditional sort of perspective for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, there are just factual errors and things that happen too. So. Mm -hmm. I think it's, with a lot of this stuff, it's like addressing it, introducing it, but then also making sure students are aware of the limitations that it has as well. It's mm -hmm. a very interesting point. So I'm going to do a little bit of a pivot here and focus a little bit more on the history part of ChatGBT. So I know that we take a lot of our history from people's perspectives and what they view in their specific time period. Mm -hmm. Do you think that AI at some point will be writing our history or like we'll be getting information from <laughs> the perspective of AI? So, I mean, that's interesting because even that though, when you talk about AI, it's still, at this point, it's not sentient. It's, right. it's so it's still producing based off of like human knowledge and human words and things like that. And so it gets kind of complicated. I mean, Yes, it could, but again, um, I think we just need to be careful to be aware of, I mean, what it is and how it works. Right. Um, 
So I mean, yeah, I could I could see that. I I I'm not necessarily a believer of like AI is gonna replace us all. Oh yeah. Um, I think there's value in it. I'm not saying AI is gonna go away. Either, right. But I don't. I personally don't think it's going to disappear. I mean, we are still going to have to code the AI. We're still going to have to maintain it. Right. Um, I, mean, I think it's like a lot of technology where it could be a tool to help us be more efficient and go further and higher than we've done before. But I mean, it's not going to replace us all. At least, at least from what I see and I've I've heard at this point. Yeah, like this isn't unprecedented. Just like a an advance in technology and people going like, oh, this is going to replace all of us. Like with the industrial revolution was like that. I'm sure that was also a set shared sentiment of these robots are going to take our jobs. It changed jobs though. That's it. I mean, exactly. Yeah. That's it, the it definitely. I'm sure will change things. I just don't think it's necessarily going to go to the point where it's replacing right. human beings. Or I mean, I, I just thought of as you were talking on yeah. too that uh, I know when, when COVID started and we went to online school, there was a lot of people like, wow, like this is maybe the new way mm -hmm. we do schooling. And oh, then there we were like not. a year later and everyone like, decided, no, we don't want to do that at all. <laughs> yeah. This is terrible. So I think there's going to be some of that too, where we might even at times realize, that, you know what, I think we've maybe gone too far here. <laughs> yeah. We walk this back. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you all have seen some of the chats that some of the journalists have had with like the Bing one and stuff. It's like declaring its love to the, the, the journalists. Oh yeah. There's, <laughs> There's some yeah. very interesting like conversations yeah. that people have. Dark. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So again, it's, and it's early too. So I know they're still trying to figure out bugs, but that is, I don't think they're ever going to completely go away either. So we're mm -hmm. always going to be like playing whack-a-mole with whatever. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It probably is just going to change the way that we record history and, and how we analyze what we see. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you were talking about like d different, I'm assuming different like AIs having different biases. Mm -hmm. So would it be better for it to be just like one, like be like the government maybe taking control or like how would, how should this actually be? Um, I mean, I again, I, I'm not the foremost expert on AI, right. so I'm not going to pretend to be, but mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think at some point there might be a need to have some like guardrails yeah. on it. Mm -hmm. um, and I know I've heard some really interesting stuff just talking about the need to be um, aware of how it works. Like there's, there's kind of this like idea of it being a black box and it, at times like what it produces, we don't even know how it produced that. Yeah, and that's, that's the part that like gets scary. a little bit scary and dangerous. Yeah. Um, so I think that's another thing I've heard people saying that like, okay, maybe this has a lot of potential, but we also need to say that, okay, we need to know where this is coming from and how it was, how it was arrived at. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I think like with a lot of technology, there might need to be a, you know, some guardrails, some regulations potentially. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, if we talk about other AI, I know there's been facial recognition software and stuff in the past that there's been a lot of studies that show because of the information it's fed, it actually, mm -hmm. even though it's a computer, it ends up discriminating against, discriminating against people of color. Wow. Um, yeah. So that is, there's that is so just awful. stuff we need to be aware of about yeah. how, what, what information it's being fed. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And so we talked about like the government possibly regulating different parts of that AI and what it, I don't know. Yeah, like I remember we had this one um, discussion in your class about whether hate speech should be legal or not. Right. And I feel like that this aligns with that just a little bit. With, I mean, we can get this robot to say anything, whether exactly. it's negative or positive. Yeah, and I mean, that's some of these journalists that have had these weird experiences too. They're trying to like test its limits, and mm -hmm. it, it is like giving them some weird things at times. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard. We talk about this in my class all the time. I don't, there are issues with government regulation too. Um, mm -hmm. 
and about who's regulating it and how you regulate it. Government tends to be behind on that too, but I mean, we've also seen with other, with social media and such, they're like relying on private companies to do this sometimes can be problematic. So right. I wish I had the solution for you, but I guess I'm not that smart. <laughs> um, and then just going back to like, at a school level and at a district level, how should the district address ChatGPT? Should it be blocked on like every Chromebook and should it be just uh, like blocked on Chromebooks and because students will lose motivation? Mm -hmm. Or should we embrace it and should we teach students to use it responsibly, to use it ethically? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd be a proponent more of the latter. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't think trying to like hide it and block it is necessarily the most productive. Mm -hmm. um, right. Students will find their way around it also. but. Um, I think I think transparency is always good, and I think I always tell a lot of my my coworkers and other people that I think like we can't expect students to act a certain way if we mm -hmm. don't teach them and we don't tell right. them. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's definitely some of that. I also think that it's important for teachers and district staff and admin to be aware of it and understand it because I know for me, like in my A-Push class, mm -hmm. um, it's not going to really change the test because we do things handwritten. Right, right. exactly. So, and I keep telling my peers, I'm like, look. If you're really worried about them just regurgitating stuff from ChatGPT, there's things that you can do about yeah. that. Yeah, too. exactly. Um, so again, I think it's a really powerful tool, but I still, I think there's a lot of skills that you all need to learn that mm -hmm. are going to help you succeed in the future. That um, just relying on ChatGPT is, I think, could exactly. be like counterproductive yeah. for you if you use it too much as a crutch. Just so. out of curiosity, have you caught a student using ChatGPT yet? Not yet. No. Not yet. It doesn't turn. I also, to be honest, I'm not really like actively looking right. because mm -hmm. of most things of consequence, uh, it's not going to really be possible yeah. for you to use them. Um, and I mean, again, I'm aware that there are students who are always trying to flirt the boundaries of plagiarism and things. Mm -hmm. um, but we also, as teachers, have I mean, limited time and mm -hmm. bandwidth. So, yeah, it's something I have my eye on, but. No, mm -hmm. not yet. And then, uh, like, with the whole um, regulation in the district, do you think that take-home essays and take-home assignments will eventually become no more because of this ability of AI to help you out with those homeworks? So I think you just have to be mindful. I think it depends on what it is. Like, I, I do, like, research papers, for instance, with my seniors. They had to do, like, a, um, a civic action letter. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think there's value in it with that. Um, I think the kind of writing we do in mm -hmm. like AP is a little bit different mm -hmm. and I already don't let them do take home essays on that. Oh, oh and we God. just lost the lights. There we go. It's a motion sensor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and I mean, it, it just depends on the assignment. And part right. of that in like my AP class is that unfortunately it's timed because of College Board, which is not even exactly. really something that I have decided. I don't necessarily even love it, but mm -hmm. I think it just depends on the type of assignment that it is. All right. Yeah. I think that was all the questions that we really had, mm -hmm. unless Anjali has anything else to I say. I was thinking, you you emphasize these, like, what do we call them, AP activities, like AP skills? Oh, yeah. Like, the the cause and effect, causation, those, mm -hmm. those ones, like, that evaluate, I guess, like, the extent to which yep. of things. Um, do you think that those kind of critical thinking aspects will slowly, like, be seen as obsolete with humans and we can just ask so, this computer anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. So I think that's where some of the like limitations are too. Mm -hmm. I think um, 
I, I truly am a believer that I don't think the most important thing nowadays for students is to just like memorize a bunch of names and dates and facts. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, unfortunately, with the way like College Board and AP works, mm -hmm. like you still have to do that to mm -hmm. an extent. Right. I'm aware of that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think like the skills part is the more important part and like being able to understand it and explain it and connect things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I think it has limitations in that. And mm -hmm. I know I've talked to some of my, my peers too. Like, I don't know if I am truly a believer that like chat GPT, for instance, could produce a great like AP US history DBQ because mm -hmm. of okay. the very specific requirements exactly, that yes. it, it has. Um, and just like the vocabulary that uh -huh. you need to use and yeah. that kind of stuff. So I don't doubt that maybe at some point it'll get there. Right. But um, I don't think it's there right now. Either, kind of on the flip side of that, do you think that ChatGPT? Because um, I think one thing that I was really surprised by in A Push was that the 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 rubric for DBQs and LEQs are very like it has to be like this, mm -hmm. like it's very straightforward and it's kind of strict. Honestly, yep. do you think that it could, it's almost algorithmic, right? Do you think a computer could possibly grade LEQs or DBQs? Ooh, that would be fantastic. Right, that would like, be great. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know. Because I guess that's if you feed it enough and you, you show it like this is what a six out of six on an LEQ looks like, mm -hmm. potentially. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Get the AP scores out faster. That's true. We could get the AP scores <laughs> out. That's the, the, the one part of my job that gets very tedious. I'll be right. I, I enjoy reading your work, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of it to read. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting to watch for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, that's pretty much all we really want to talk about. Is there anything else, any other like additional comments you have? Final thoughts. Final on thoughts. Chat GPT and history <laughs> class. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I would say I also in the past like I was actually the the teacher technology coach, so I tried to help other teachers use technology in their classrooms, and mm -hmm. so like I'm definitely a believer in the power of technology, but mm -hmm. I, I will say, I think uh, there's also been this assumption over time that like students and young people are great with all technology, yeah. and I have seen that that frequently isn't even really the case. Right. And I think we, um, there is this assumption that like, okay, we're not gonna worry about content because they can just rely on Google for that. And so we're gonna push them on skills. But I think sometimes uh, that doesn't necessarily work out in advancing skills. So I think this is a little bit more complex than we think um, that the internet has so many, like so many things that it can do and it's endless in its possibilities. Right. But I don't think it's necessarily translated clearly at this point to like making things easier for every student and making higher level skills and work so I think uh, it's a bit complicated we'll see what kind of happens with chat GPT I think there's a lot of opportunities but there's some concerns too well all right thank you for thank you on. of course